Hey friend, thanks for stopping by. Pull up the chair and have a seat. You know me, I've got some good Tennessee white pine burning here in the chimney, but we better enjoy it fast because it's hard to believe, but winter solstice has already come and gone. And summer solstice is around the corner coming up June 20th, 2021. But listen, hey, chill out. I'm going to run inside and get us a couple of cups of joe. I'll be right back. Hey, you're listening to Guat.Rocks, Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, as always, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. I tell you what, it's hard to believe, but January 2021 is almost half over. And I'm going to share with you in just a moment an overview of some thoughts I'm working on for the 2021 podcast. But it's funny because the mic I have now made by, it's called Blue, it's really sensitive. It picks up a lot. And my wife has been out of the house taking our grandkids back over to their home, and she came in. I thought she knew I was getting ready to record, and I've got my headphones on. The mic is on. Even though the recording hasn't started yet, I can still hear the monitor. And then all of a sudden, I hear a toilet flushing through the microphone. It's that sensitive. And I've got the door shut. And the room I record in here is my office, the bungalow, as I call it. And it's pretty dead. Normally, from this office, I can have the door open. And my wife can be in the kitchen. And I can be yelling at her at the top of my voice almost seriously. And you can't hear it. But yet, the microphone just picked up the sound of the toilet flushing. So I had to start over. Anyway, I'm glad you want to hear that. But anyway, seriously, I'm excited about the year 2021. God is in control. He is in control of all things and the activities that we see happening in our country, in our world. He's in control, and I'm excited to see what he does as he carries out his providential care for us. I did want to say, this is just a side note. It has nothing to do with the podcast today, really. But there's a really cool song, and I may have mentioned it earlier way back. This is podcast, I think, let's see, 74. But there's a song by a guy named Chris Rhea, C-H-R-I-S-R-E-A. And it's interesting because Chris Rhea had a hit back in the 70s when I was a teenager called Fool If You Think It's Over, and it was a number one hit. It's interesting looking at the Wikipedia article on him that Chris Rhea never toured the United States, which could have been a pretty good uh, cash cow for him, but for some reason he never did. Of course, also reading in the article, Chris has suffered since the mid-30s, his, his age in the mid-30s, with pancreatic cancer and all of the ramifications come with that. The fact that he's still alive is a testimony to how far they've come with the treatment of pancreatic cancer because, as you probably remember, the pancreas is something that you have to have to live, or if they extract it, then you're on a massive re- regimen of medications. <clears throat> but anyway... Uh, He has a song, and I was not aware of it until here just a few years ago, called Texas. He recorded it in 1990. You can go to YouTube. It's on YouTube. His name is C-H-R-I-S-R-E-A. Chris, it's pronounced Rhea. Uh, And he had just a few hits here in the States. This song was actually never a hit, but it is an amazing song. And what's cool about it is Chris Rhea had never been to Texas when he wrote the song, But he wrote it based on the testimony and and experiences, I guess, from a friend. But it's amazing how he nailed really the feel of Texas. And one of Chris Rhea's traits that he's known for is he's an amazing slide uh, guitar player. 
and uh, Bonnie Raitt's another one who's a famous slide uh, guitar player. Um, you'd have to research that if you don't know what I'm talking about. But the song is really amazing, and uh, it kind of fits uh, today with all the stress we're under. And I won't read the whole lyrics. I don't know if that would be a copyright violation, but this is an educational endeavor that I do. That's part of our nonprofit uh, grant from the government. But anyway, he talks about in here just the stresses. And uh, he says, uh, warm winds blowing, heating, blue sky, and a road that goes forever. Been thinking about it lately. Been watching some TV. Been looking all around me. And what has come to be been talking to my neighbor, and he agrees with me, it's all gone crazy. And then he tells the story in the second verse about his wife and the encounter she has taking her kid to school, and she comes back frustrated. And what's cool is that after she, you can tell in the song, she spouts off to him about what she's just experienced with the stress, he stops and he looks at her, and the way Chris Rhea sings it in the song is amazing because she's basically ranting to him about her experience in the car and he said, I turned to her and say, Texas. She says, what? I said, Texas. She says, what? And then he says, they got big, long roads out there, warm winds blowing, heating blue sky, and a road that goes forever. I'm going to Texas. And the chorus he repeats, he says, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And uh, the cool thing is, being a Texan, myself, even though I'm a transplanted Tennessean, I guess is what they call themselves here, and uh, I love Tennessee. It's much more beautiful than the Dallas-Fort Worth area where I live here in Tennessee. But the thing about it is, I am a Texan. I will always be a Texan. I was born a Texan, and uh, there's a, a, a uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, puzzle, jigsaw puzzle. It slipped my mind for just a minute. But I had a jigsaw puzzle, and it was a cool uh, cartoon map of the state with all the cities on it. And the title of that jigsaw puzzle was Texas, a state of mind. And Texas really is a state of mind. Uh, you have to be from there to really understand that. But, of course, I'm sure that you feel that way about wherever you're from. But if you want to kind of get a glimpse, a feel of what it's like to be Texan, just check out Chris Rhea's song, Texas. It's on YouTube, and I'll try to put a link uh, for it in the show notes where you can go right to it. But anyway, today's podcast has to do with just really an overview, looking ahead of where I'm headed or praying about heading with the podcast for 2021. So I want to just focus on a few things, and right now I'm calling them thoughts, things that are in my mind that I'm interested in that I've either preached uh sermon topics on these things, uh, or just have an interest, or I feel like that it's a timely thing to think about where we are on the globe at this point in history. And so anyway, I want to just share some of those things that I'm considering. If you believe in prayer, I would appreciate your prayers for me as I seek God's leadership on the podcast as they unfold throughout the year. But thought number one I'm looking at is it's called Beginnings. The first creation, how it all began, a close look at the creation account found in the book of Genesis and the references to creation throughout the Bible. Thought number two, responses. Or of course, a response is an answer or reply verbally written or physical action. In the book of Jonah, the responses we witness in the four short chapters tell us a lot about God, others, and ourselves. 
And what's cool about the book of Jonah is that the punchline, the whole point of the whole book is reserved until the very last few verses of the book. And of course, if you've read it, you know what they are. But if not, I would encourage you to go ahead and refresh your mind and read what it says. But I'm going to share some things, some insight with you that perhaps you've never heard, but it is the truth. And it applies to what the Bible has to say specifically about how God views people who don't know him yet. And it's profound. It's life-changing. And so I'm excited about getting into that. Thought number three is providence. Providence denotes the care of God for his creatures and the fulfillment of God's plan upon the earth, regardless of the various elements of wickedness that seek to derail it. Starting in Genesis chapter 37 and continuing all the way to the end of the book in chapter 50, we see the heavy hand of God's providence at work in the life of Jacob's second to the youngest son, Joseph, despite the evil actions of his older brothers. A working title for this series is Point Man of Providence, Standing Strong for God in a Fallen World. The requirement that providence stems from a personal agent, in other words, God, once seemed an absolute. In other words, it wasn't up for discussion. It was just plain common sense. But in fact, now many people have lost sound thinking, and like the Stoic Greek philosophers of old, they hold to the belief that the ordering of the universe emanates or flows from a first principle designated as theos or theos, which means God, but which they conceive of simply as the imminent or the inherent, the fundamental active principle of the universe. Now, I just said a whole a lot right then, and I know it's hard to absorb, especially if you're driving your car or you're trying to eat your pancakes for breakfast. But let me say that again, because it once was always understood that there is a creator God and that he is providentially involved. In other words, he is concerned and he is actively working here in his creation for the benefit of his creatures, us. Okay. But that has gone out the window with a lot of people. They have lost sound thinking. And it really mimics the Stoic Greek philosophers of old who held to the belief that the ordering of the universe emanates or it flows from a first principle designated as God, but which they conceive of simply as the imminent, inherent, fundamental, active principle of the universe. Today you hear people give thanks to the universe. The story of Joseph, starting in Genesis chapter 37, rejects that concept and reveals a God intimately involved in the activities and salvation of his creation. Thought number four, rebirth. Rebirth may not be the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about the book of Revelation, but in the final chapters, we see the new heaven and the new earth coming down. The title, working title, Plain Revelation, will be a simple, straightforward, talk about how it will all end and begin again. A chapter-by-chapter look at the book of Revelation. John makes it clear that blessed is the one who reads and those who hear the words of this book. When the book was first penned by the apostle John, it was sent as a cyclical letter. In other words, it circulated through the seven churches of Asia to whom it was written to. And so there would be one person who would read. This was prior to, of course, the printing press and any way of mass reproduction. So all had a copy. 
So one person would read and the rest of the people would listen. And so John says right up front that there is a blessing to the one who hears and those who uh, to those who hear and the one who reads. And so, so many times when we talk about the book, book of Revelation, people are disturbed or they're terrified or, or they're unsettled because of what's written in it. And yet that is the very opposite effect of what God desires for the book of Revelation to do for you. If you will listen to the book of Revelation as I read it and as you read it for yourself, God's will and desire is that it is a source of encouragement. It will lift you up, not tear you down. It's not meant to frighten you. It's meant to encourage you. And so plain revelation, a chapter-by-chapter look at the book of Revelation. In it, it delineates and has delineations of disappointments. The the churches that, that Christ refers to and calls out, he's disappointed. Every one of them, the seven churches in Asia. It also has determinations. There are things that God says, these things are going to happen And it has a list of destructions, and they're massive, they're cataclysmic, they're world-ending, and yet it defines what already is, what will be, and what is that no longer will be, and all with such certainty that there's no question about its advent, that it's coming down, it's happening, its course of trajectory, how it's going to flow, or its completion and fulfillment. John sees the book of Revelation the, the, the word that it comes to him, and he is told to write it down. He sees it as visions, and yet when he sees the visions, it's totally encapsulated from beginning to end, and he sees it ultimately as one thing. So even though these things have not come to pass yet, the bottom line is they are so certain as it's as if they have already happened. They have not happened. We're not talking about reincarnation. What we're talking about is revelation to where God revealed to the Apostle John, these are the things which must come to pass quickly. And of course, there's discussion on, does that mean in a relatively short period of time or when they do happen, that they happen with rapid succession? We won't talk about that now. But the God of the universe has given us a 50,000-foot overview of the end of history as we know it, and it makes sense that we really should know it, and we can know it. That does not mean at this moment you will fully understand every symbol and description. What it does mean to know it is to have it embedded in your mind enough that as things come to pass, you will recognize the terrain where you personally are on the timeline of the end. Also, something that I'm deeply interested in, and I think that can be a tremendous help to many people, is connection. And by connection, the thoughts will center around quiet time, how to spend time alone with God, how to be still and know that he is God. Also, I would appreciate your prayers. Something I'm deeply interested in doing is live broadcast across the various live platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Lime, Periscope, and there are many others, but focused on the contemporary relevant subjects of today, but not politics, not discussing all of these things that I have absolutely no control over I want to talk about things that people are burdened with, concerned about, have questions about, scriptural questions, whatever it might be regarding life. It may be, Kenny, how do you change the, the, the float in your toilet? And I can give you instructions on that because I know I've changed plenty of them. So relevant things, but really I want to shape an online community 
And I listened to a, a podcast in particular of a woman who does an amazing job. I'll, I'll go ahead and pass on her name, but it's China Phillips Baldwin. She's very transparent. She comes from a famous family, but yet she does an amazing job of creating a community that when I listen to her, it's like I'm sitting across the table from her. From her. And folks, that is not easy to do. But yet the reason why I think she's being so popular is because of the fact she's talking about relevant things that the people who listen to her are also struggling with. And so in it, they find, first of all, some consoling that, hey, there's someone else out there who's going through the same thing I am and someone that you would perceive to be more fluent, more successful, less trouble. But yet you find out, no, she's transparent about the things that she struggles with and that she uh, looks to for God for guidance. Uh, she's devout in her faith, and it's amazing what she knows coming from the background that she does. And uh, so my prayer is that I could do something like that, but in the nature of a live broadcast uh, to where people can interact through, you know, how you type in the text, ask questions, that type of interaction. But in addition to that, also, I know a little bit about Google Meets or the other live uh, chat or whatever you want to call it, the video conferencing. But the bottom line is I would like to use some of that mainly for the purpose of prayer, encouragement, and uh, mutual edification. And I really don't even know how that will shape out yet, but I know it's definitely something I'm interested in doing and being used by the Lord to encourage others. So I want to ask you, would you please help us by recommending this podcast to others? There are hyperlinks in the show notes you can use to invite your family, friends, work associates, neighbors to check it out. In other words, I've made it very simple. If you're on your smartphone, go to the show notes, copy, paste, text it. Let me tell you, now is the time for boldness. This world is in a tailspin. I mean, we, I don't have to tell you that. And the bottom line is that there are people that you know that need a word of encouragement. And perhaps they're not coming to you and asking you for it necessarily, but you have a responsibility to care for others when they cannot necessarily care for themselves and to offer up hope and words of encouragement and that will inspire them to live a better life, to live a happy life, to live a meaningful life. And so I encourage you, if you would, recommend this podcast to others. Also, use the show note info on the presentation of the gospel to copy and paste to share with people that you know. Again, now is the time to be bold in your faith and speak the truth of the gospel in love to those you know. I want to close with this thought from Charles Spurgeon's devotion for morning, January 12th, 2021, just a couple of days ago. It really spoke to me. I'm not going to cover the whole thing. You can look it up. It's free on the web. It's, of course, open source. It's uh, non-copyrightable. Um, so what I read is, is uh, open source. But I want to encourage you with these words. He said, uh, referring to 1 Corinthians 3.23, you all are Christ's. You all are Christ's. And he says, work practically to show the world that you are the servant, the friend, the bride of Jesus. When tempted to sin, reply, I cannot do this great wickedness for I am Christ's. Immortal principles forbid the friend of Christ to sin. That word really stands out to me. Immortal principles forbid the friend of Christ to sin. In other words, the principles that guide our lives that we know from God's word, the Bible, they are immortal. They're beyond life and death. They are eternal. 
And they speak to us regarding the way that we should act if we are going to be a friend of Jesus. He goes on to say, When wealth is before you to be won by sin, say that you are Christ's and touch it not. Are you exposed to difficulties and dangers? Boy, if this isn't timely today, folks. Are you exposed to difficulties and dangers? Stand fast in the evil day, remembering that you are Christ's. Are you placed where others are sitting down idly, doing nothing? Folks, does that sound familiar? Hey, raise your hand if you've been in a job situation to where you work hard and everyone else has figured out a way to not do much at all. I think we, if you've been on the planet any length of time at all, you have experienced that type of environment. And Spurgeon has a great word to say. He said, are you placed where others are sitting down idly doing nothing? He says, rise to the work with all your powers. And when the sweat stands upon your brow and you are tempted to loiter, cry, no, I cannot stop for I am Christ's. When the cause of God invites you, give your goods and yourself away for you are Christ's. Never contradict your profession. Forever be one of those whose manners are Christian, whose speech is like Jesus, whose conduct and conversation are so evocative of heaven that all who see you may know that you are the Savior's, recognizing in you his love, his features of love, and his countenance of holiness. To declare, I am a Roman, once was a reason for integrity. Do you realize that, folks? During the Roman Empire, they had the Pax Romana, which was the, the Roman peace. Why? Because sometimes we forget this because of all the terrible things we've heard about some of their Caesars, but yet Rome was a model example of the rule of law. And because they did things in a proper way, a lot of the time that they, where they took control and power, they had peace. And if you remember the Apostle Paul, when he was being accused by the Jews, that he then appealed to Rome because he actually was a Roman citizen. He was Saul of Tarsus. And so therefore, because he was a Roman citizen, he was ejected and had to be ejected from the Jewish, the Jewish stranglehold there in, in Jerusalem and was then sent to Rome to stand trial for these things that he was being accused of. And so instead of just mob rule and, and destruction and danger that the, the Roman government trumped the local laws, and he was treated with respect. And so he was sent to Rome to stand trial. But so back in the day, during that time, if you were to say, I'm a Roman, that would have been a reason for integrity. They took things to a new level compared to other cultures in that time. And so in the same way, far more than let it be your argument for holiness, I am Christ's. And dear friend, I want to testify as I close with this, I've reached out to people that are hardened, that are knowledgeable in their way of thinking, in their background, in their culture, the wrong they may be according to the scripture. And every time as I've looked to that person with love and spoken to them the truth of God from an attitude of love, it has been received. I'm telling you every time. And it's because as I've shared with others, as I've taken them out, to, to teach them how to talk to people about Jesus, that as we walk away and as I've said hard things to people that perhaps I've just met for the first time, I asked the person that's with me, I said, did you see that? Did you see the way that I talked to them? They say, yes. I said, do you know why they didn't cuss me out? Do you know why they didn't yell at me? Do you know why they didn't get angry at me? 
the person will always say, no, why? It was weird. I said, because the power of God is in me through Jesus Christ. He's on me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's through me communicating his love to those that are lost, who are dying, who are dead in trespasses and sin. And because of that, they know, though I say things that are difficult, that are hard, and that sometimes hurt their feelings, they see that, wait, but this is coming from someone who loves me, makes all the difference in the world. And so, dear friend, I want to encourage you today. Every one of us are going through difficult times, struggles. It's interesting. I was listening to a podcast of Jordan Peterson's interview with Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, he's not a perfect person. I know he has character flaws, as we all do. But I am still amazed, and I I like to listen to what he has to say, because he has been very successful in a very difficult industry, and he really has gone about carrying things his own way. And he has a new book, by the way, called Green Lights, and I want to get it uh, through the uh, Tennessee Reads. You can't get it online uh, to check out through a Kindle or what have you, because there's about 100 people per digital copy waiting to check it out. So they said that it's six months uh, before it'll be available. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and buy it. I think I can learn some things from it. But the bottom line is, it was interesting, and it was an over an hour-long interview with Jordan Peterson on YouTube. It's interesting that to hear someone that others would say, well, he has no problems. He's extremely wealthy. He's extremely successful. He does his own thing, and he does exactly what he wants to do and makes a ton of money. And we would say, well, he has no troubles, nothing like mine. But yet when you hear him talk openly and honestly, as he admits, that's what life is. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. And McConaughey admits, hey, that's what this life is. And yet in the midst of the struggle, rise up, be different, be tough, take control, take action. And so with this devotion from Spurgeon today, I remind you that he asked the question, are you exposed to difficulties and dangers? Hey, stand fast in the evil day. The Apostle Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God and stand firm. That's a cool thing. Be tough. You know, the Apostle Paul makes it clear that because of the the tribulation that the people he was writing to were going through, he reminds them that, hey, you haven't suffered to the point of death. And so, folks, life is great. I want to encourage you. Declare today, drive a stake in the ground that this life belongs to Jesus Christ. If my heart has been given to him, if I'm on the planet, I win. If I'm not on the planet, I win because I'm forever eternally in the presence of the Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, friend, I remind you that the heaven that is coming, it says in that place there will be no sun because Jesus himself will be there and he is truly the light of the world. Also in that place in heaven, it says that it will never be dark. I can remember when my my first son was young and as my, my wife was talking to him about coming to know Jesus as his Savior at the age of five years old, that something that appealed to him is number one, when he asked his mother, am I going to be able to have a bicycle in heaven? And she asked him, she said, well, do you have a bicycle now? And he said, yes. And she said, well, Colton, I don't think we're going to have anything less in heaven. So yeah, if you want a bicycle in heaven, I'm sure you'll have a bicycle in heaven. And she also reminded him as a child, when you begin to come, come aware of your sin and the, the, the evil in the world, even as a young child, that fear of the dark sets in. 
And something that really thrilled him was the reminder that in heaven, it's never going to be dark. And so friends, be of good cheer. God is in control. 2021 is going to be an amazing year as we walk through it with Jesus Christ. I invite you to do that. And with that, I bid you peace. Peace.